Welcome to another episode of Adelan Rising Podcast. We're your hosts, Saren, Doc, and Adam, and today we'll be talking about Uncanny Inhuman 17, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur 14, Mosaic 3, IVX number 1, and the conclusion of Civil War 2, as well as by right of birth. So, boys, how was your holidays? It's been a while. Mine was good. <laughs> I had a lot of time off, which is relaxing, but too much time off. Means you get into trouble. Uh, I, I didn't get in any trouble, no. It's just the fact that I had too much time off and it was just boring. Was, uh, yeah. I'm not going to do that next year. I had the opposite problem. I was very busy throughout. The holiday yeah. season is a, a boom time in the uh, realm of psychotherapy, so. Yeah, I can I can understand. I can understand that. Mine was busy as well. I, I had to put in a lot of hours at work, so. I'm tired. <laughs> Yeah, so if you if you fall asleep during the episode, then we'll uh, we'll, we'll let you off. Okay, I appreciate it. <laughs> and then we also had a, a, a snowstorm today, and I was out driving in it, and that's a little bit nerve wracking. So yeah. Uh, <sighs> okay. I blame storm. There you go. Or crystal. Maybe they're working in conjunction with each other. Um. Right. Okay. A lot to cover today. Yes. Yeah, we do. So, Uncanny Inhuman 17. That sounds like it was our um, our send-off issue before uh, Charles Soule wraps the series up with um, IVX uh, tie-ins with it. So, um, it was the last issue of the arc, Song of Endings. Um, Doc, you want to give us a recap of what's happened so far and where our issue leaves us off with? Oh, boy. Yeah, okay. It's uh, It's been a terrific uh, three-issue arc. Um all centering around uh, the daughters of Orin, uh, Irelli and Trest, um, or Irel, I don't know how you pronounce it. Um, they were desperate to find some means of resurrecting their, their mother, um, if not for anything, to just have a chance to say goodbye to her. So they um, had discovered that <clears throat> Reader has the ability to manifest into reality anything he reads. So they come up with a harebrained scheme of collecting a giant book that entails every story, memory, anecdote that they could find about their mom, puts it all together in Braille form, and then has and then somehow coerces reader to read it, which he does, um, and it creates into magically creates into bloom this version of Orin. Um, but it's not quite the same Orin they all remember. There's all manner of, of secrets and untold truths and and, and uh, omissions that are manifested in the form of literal holes or these gaping voids in her body, and she's just in anguish. Um, they know they've made a mistake, but before Reader can manifest her away, she... Uh, runs off she she shoots frank she punches out a bunch of people and then encounters black bolt now when all these people gave their information on Orin in the collect in the creation of this book none of them really understood the exact nature of Orin's power they knew it had something to do with sound with hearing with something and the unspecificness of it all ended up giving her near unlimited powers over sound and voice something she then uses to take from black bolt 
his nigh destructive vocal powers, his his sonic abilities. And uh, one issue ends with Black Bolt grabbing her by the mouth, keeping her from making a sound, and then turning to the others and, and telling everyone to get away that Oren has taken his voice. And um, it's uh, quite a great cliffhanger. This, in, this issue, uh, 17, picks up where that left off. Um, Black Bolt convinces Oren not to make a sound if she does speak it will destroy him it'll destroy his easier daughters. said than done yes it will destroy the it'll destroy most of midtown manhattan so she does her best not to make a sound um black bolt then issues forth a number of orders he has reader evacuate the quiet room he has um uh frank do you know at, uh get in touch with his uh old friends in, in law enforcement to try and evacuate much of Manhattan, um, and then has uh, Trest and Irel try their best to keep their mom calm, keep keep Oren from making a sound, and also asks Flagman to use his various ribbon-like appendages to wrap up Oren's mouth and body, and it's, it's, it's a neat scene. I didn't know that that Flagman was actually that powerful, but he uh, he he sort of cocoons her in this uh, I don't know what you would call it this cocoon it's of ribbons. Like a, um, it's almost like what you know ahead. when uh, <clears throat> you know when a magician comes around with a, uh, a hat and he pulls out the <laughs> pulls out the ribbon. Mm-hmm. It just keeps going and going and going. That's what his hair reminded me of. Yeah, it it, it was really neat, and um, you know a. Big shout out to colorist um, Java Tara. Oh boy, the colorists <laughs> yeah. um, who who do who do the coloring for it because they do a wonderful job of coloring all those intricate multicolored ribbons, and it's just super neat. Mm. Yeah, it was that was pretty cool. I didn't realize. Um, I thought that was really neat because Flagman's been kind of like just kind of this character that shows up but we never knew what he could really do so it was kind of nice to see what he could do and, and he's kind of smarmy to me like i don't fully trust the guy but um yeah. i thought that was pretty cool yeah but, i i too i thought i thought he was a little more than a clown but it turns out he's actually quite <laughs> tough so hopefully we'll see a bit more of him um eventually but you know maybe maybe not who knows so while she while Orin is being um wrapped up and and doing her best not to make a sound black bolt quickly makes tracks to new adelan um and there's a very dramatic scene where he floats into the court um with the statue of liberty behind him and 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 speaks to medusa and she's very shocked to hear him speaking uh i don't know if she even knows what his voice sounds like mm-hmm. um they uh they realize what they need to do. They need to um, recruit the abilities of the uh, inhuman telepath known as Starlion. Um, I, and have yeah, him... I thought that was cool to bring him back. Sorry to interrupt you, but I just thought it was cool to see him again. Yeah. He's this little diminutive uh, guy from old Adelan who he has unspecified telepathic powers. At first I thought he was, he had just had mild, you know, low grade mind reading abilities, but it turns out he's, 
he's a telepath of of uh, quite he's quite capable. They bring him to um, the quiet room, and he um, makes telepathic connection with Oren. And it's neat because in the sort of psychic plane, we see him and Oren communicate, and Oren is represented on this plane as how she sees herself, which is this grotesque monstrosity of holes and mouths and eyes and ears, and mm. it's it's uh, it's really mm-hmm. neat. Um, Once again, kudos he, to the art team. Yeah, yeah, big time kudos to the art team. This is um, uh, uh, R. B. Silva doing the penciling, and it's Yeoman's work. It's really cool. Um, now, somehow, Sterlion is able to use his psychic abilities to make Orin whole, to mollify over all of the omissions and absences in her body, and she won't be the same Orin that she once was, but she'll be able to survive. She'll be basically a new version of herself. On top of that, <clears throat> excuse me, on top of that, Sterlion will have the ability to either uh, give, take the voice, uh, Black Bolt's voice away from Orin, destroy it in entirety, or give it back to Black Bolt. And this, and he, and he offers Black Bolt this decision. He says, "You know, you can have the voice back. You will forever have to be quiet again, or we can get rid of it, and you can, you know, you'll no longer be isolated to being forever silent." Um, it's a hard decision, but one that Black Bolt makes quickly. He says, you know, that the voice is needed. Without it, it's, you know, it's the biggest deterrent that mm. keeps the inhuman people safe. Um, and it's a, it's a responsibility that he is willing to shoulder. So the voice is put back into him. He, he, he once again must be forever quiet. But before he takes it, <clears throat> he speaks one last time to Medusa telling him telling her that he's sorry for all that has happened it's quite bittersweet um and that's that we get a little epilogue scene with the girls talking with their this new version of their mom she needs to go off and make her own memories she's not ready to settle down with them she needs to discover herself um but it's not goodbye and um it's farewell for now and I kind of read that as, as as Charles Soule speaking directly to his fans and the and all the readers who have joined him throughout this run on on both Inhuman and Uncanny Inhumans. Um, you know, he's leaving the title. He's leaving his position of stewardship over the Inhuman franchise. But <clears throat> he's kind of saying, "This is not goodbye. This is farewell for now." And I really appreciated that. Yeah, I thought that was a really yeah. nice touch because it was. It was. You, you read that and you think, you know, he has essentially been on it for the last uh, well three years. Yeah, it's getting well, getting on for is it not getting on for four? Was it twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen? Fourteen even that Inhuman came out. I believe it's twenty fourteen. So yeah, three years. <coughs> and uh, yeah, I... sorry, carry on. Guys. He was brought on. <clears throat> he was You're brought right on there? last minute. I got a frog in my throat. Uh, he was, uh, Orin has stolen my voice. Um, <laughs> he, 
uh, Soul was brought on last minute after sort of negotiations broke down between Marvel and Matt Fraction. He was yeah. never really planning on being the, the architect of, of this whole Inhumans initiative. And he stepped in at the last minute. And it's quite admirable what he was able to do with uh, so little lead up. Um, I've been very happy with, um, with his work on Inhumans. Yeah, he's I mean, actually. Sorry, carry just on. to interrupt you because you wanted to know when it started. Um, Inhuman number one was published April 2014, so by the time Uncanny Inhumans 20 rolls around, it'll be three years for him. Yeah, writing that series, which is a, a good long run when you really consider that. Yeah, and he's, he's interesting. You know, speaking more broadly, you know, other than sort of talking about Uncanny at 17, but quite broadly speaking, he's introduced you know, a new kind of era for the Inhumans and he's kind of, you know, they've been pushed quite hard by Marvel, obviously. Um, and it's, it's been really good to, to read his stuff. He's a, he's a fantastic writer. I mean, the first thing I wrote, read by him, I think was, uh, uh death of Wolverine. And, um, yeah, that was really good, really well written. So it's, it's, it's going to be missed. He is, he is, but I'm looking forward to where Ewing will be taking Royals. I'm really excited for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Charles Soule is definitely, he's definitely made his stamp on the Inhumans, that's for sure. And I'm looking forward to, to the tie-ins for um, IVX that he'll be writing. Yeah. Uh, As well, IVX itself, which he's co-writing with um, Jeff Lemire. Yeah, and I, I, just going back to Uncanny 17, I think the art in that issue was amazing. Oh my god, it was beautiful. And it has been, it has been for a long time, but... That one particularly pointed out for me, and I was just like, you know, I wonder where who was the um, who's the artist on those ones again? Sorry, RB can, Silva. Can you produce the? Uh, uh, can you say the? Say <coughs> RB Silva. Yeah, we'll go. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's uh, yeah, he's brilliant. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of it's a bit bittersweet. It's like you're saying, a bittersweet not only for the, in the characters in the book, but for us reading it, which you know, we've kind of got to <laughs> look to the future. The fact well, you know, yeah. when, when when the 14th issue of Uncanny and Humans uh, hit the shelves, it became the longest-running series of Inhuman title, uh, of an of Inhuman book ever. Really? Um, wow. You know, yeah. Wow. Um, with all the various titles that came before in miniseries and whatnot, it never quite, you know, the, the longest was 13 issues. Um, so, so Uncanny and Humans is now... The longest ongoing Inhumans title. That's I, awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. I think it says again, it says an awful lot about him because he's been able to create such a a vast new um, kind of version of of Atalan. And uh, uh, yeah, uh, we we can you know you can um, talk about him for for hours. <laughs> we could, and I'm just gonna end it. Um... Yeah. On one thing, he did say on Twitter, I believe that, you know, and, it, and this is kind of, it's reflected in the book when he said, you know, it's not goodbye. Um, I think there's still one story that he wants to tell that he hasn't had a chance to tell yet. So hopefully Ooh. we'll get Charles Soule back um, sometime so, down the line telling that story he wants to tell. You know, I really, I really hope he gets to tell it eventually. Will it be Rita? And like, I, I don't know. <laughs> Fingers crossed. That there's there's one story that he never got to tell that he wants to. So, and uh, uh, like you said, Seren, as as 
disappointed as I am to see Soul leave, um, my my sadness is definitely tempered by excitement over where um, Al Ewing and Matthew Rosenberg and um, Salada Hum Ad Ad Met Ad Met. Oh my gosh, <laughs> got rabies. Ahmed <laughs> will be bringing the 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 titles in the future. I, I'm I'm just super super yeah. excited to see yeah. the, the Royals Black Bolt and the new Secret Warriors books. Um, spring couldn't come soon enough, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I I'm I'm really um, as bittersweet as it is to see Soul leaving. I I'm really jazzed for um, all three of those titles, but Royals has me so excited because the Inhumans are weird enough that <laughs> they are right up Al Ewing's alley, and he I think he's gonna have fun with them. Um, he did most, say most importantly, that uh, he's, he's really excited to be writing Swain. Apparently. That's the great news. That's that is uh, that makes my day because yeah, uh, he was a great <laughs> character from all new, and I'm I'm excited to see what what he's going to do with her. Um, James Asmus did say that because uh, I asked him on Twitter, and he did say that Al Ewing came up to him um, at NYCC and asked about her. So <laughs> perfect. I, I'm perfect. so excited. And so. you know, I, I'm really excited for the Black Bolt book because. The, the synopsis of it just kind of you know you look at it and you think okay how is this story going to play out <laughs> right it, it does it's... look look quite interesting quite a nice concept well uh if you follow uh, i cannot say his name the author on twitter i'm so sorry um the author on twitter he 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 mentioned that he was pulling out bad guys that like we haven't seen in like 40 years <laughs> so, i think he's I think he's going to be having some fun with some some villains we haven't seen in a while, kind of like on Dennis Hopeless's run, mm. a Spider Woman. I think you know they like to pull out people we haven't seen in a while and have some good fun with it. So, and you know, uh, I, I think I'd rather see that than um, because because I know Marvel are on like a, a bit of a not a binge, but uh, they're creating new characters taking on old roles, and I, I think I'd quite like to see classic characters come back and that sort of stuff and just sort of modernize them and, and that sort of thing even though it's been nice to see new characters it's always nice to see old ones that we haven't seen for that long yeah you want a balance yeah a balance. exactly it's you know everyone loves a bit of balance in their lives yes the author, the author's name is is ahmed mr Thank mr you. ahmed and, and this will be his first comic book that he's written. He's, he's a, a well-celebrated author of, of novels. Um, but what I'm, I, and I'm excited to see it and I'm excited that he's going to bring in the absorbing man and a host of other bizarre villains from Marvel's past. But I'm most excited to see the art from Christian Ward because yes, he has been gonna be lights killer. out. Yeah. Uh, it's a dream come true to have him illustrating Black Bolt. It's like, yes, it's going to be chocolate and peanut butter of the comic book world yeah <laughs> chocolate so, and peanut butter that's that's a little bit weird no you, well, have you ever I'm had a, a peanut butter cup you you what right you, sorry what is wrong they, have weird, they have weird candies in england they don't know no we yeah, have we have, we have normal stuff yeah um <laughs> i love jelly babies anyway um so speaking actually of authors you got to give uh marvel some credit for branching out from their pool of, of comic book writers and going into writers of different genres. I just wanted to say that as well, because I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, absolutely. being Chelsea Kane, Margaret Stoll, Mr. Ahmed. Um, I don't the, know. They've the got guy, so many other. Yeah. I was about to say the guy on um, black Panther, 
from what I can remember, I don't think he's a traditional comic book kind of writer, but no, he this... writes for the he writes for a big um, newspaper, and yeah, I can't is he remember. Journalist? Yeah, that's... yeah, he's a journalist, and I just think that's like really a awesome. journalist, and he's, uh, his name is Coates, and and um, he uh, he he's written a number of very important books, um, uh, you know, social uh, political books, and. Um, uh, a regular commentator on CNN and MSNBC and a super smart guy. It's quite a coup to have him writing Black Panther. And that book's been terrific, by the way. It has, but I dropped it. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> How um, would you say that? Sorry. <laughs> because because, well, because I'm sorry. <laughs> Before you just, think yourself a further hole, Adam. Sorry, I'm just going to get my space, than, shall I? Or, or, we're interviewing uh, Amy Reader and Brennan Montclair, and Adam says, I haven't read your book lately. <laughs> I didn't say that. I, I did not. I was going to, but I didn't. No, I probably not yes. I'm just going to shut up now. I'm going to turn my mic off. On, on, and... the, on the subject of the great Amy Reader and Brennan Montclair, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number 14 came out this last week. And Another fun. fantastic Wait. installment. It was another fun issue, and I think we had the thing. We had the thing showing up. Um, I guess he wanted to come and check out uh, Lunella and see if she was all she was cracked up to be. And uh, Amadeus Cho comes and interferes, and I guess uh, Amadeus gets a little overprotective big brother on her with the thing, going like, "Hey, what are you doing here?" And I've got her taken care of. You don't have to worry about it. He's like a like an overprotective big brother in this issue. It was actually kind of sweet, but they were being dumb because, you know, boys can be dumb sometimes. Yep. Before you know it, it's clobbering time. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's basically how the issue goes down, where, you know, they're fighting over Lunella and, you know, like, hey, you need to come talk to him with me. And Amadeus goes, no, don't go with him. And uh, Lunella has to use Devil Dinosaur to kind of corral the boys to keep uh, Yancey Street from being totaled uh, more than it already has because she realizes that Devil Dinosaur has kind of trashed the street enough recently. And she's like, you know, um, we should kind of contain this. Um, and uh, yeah, she uses her, her wits and savvy and all of her tools and Devil Dinosaur to keep them sort of uh, sequestered in this one one intersection and then they tire themselves out and pass out and uh and um later on the thing is like well you know what you actually took out the thing and the hulk you're okay in my book maybe you don't need to be looked after yeah but um, he did he did remind her because um at the end of the issue uh he's wrestling with devil dinosaur and they're having a good old time and uh, he just kind of has to remind Lunella. He's like, you know, you gotta have some fun once in a while. You can't always be, you know, can't always be all work and no play. And um, it's kind of interesting. Take time but, to be a kid. Yeah, and I think he kind of had to remind Reed Richards of that quite a bit too in Fantastic Four. So exactly, I thought that was, yeah. was kind of sweet. I like. And we get they went to get bagels, and it wasn't the same place that he would go to and he was very upset about that and I was like hey I know how you feel <laughs> I yeah. thought it was well funny. anyone on the on the lower east side of New York knows how that feels I don't know if if this holds true for the fictional Yancey Street or not but that part of town is being gentrified quite rapidly and sounds like Brixton okay, in London anyways, um, sorry <laughs> there you go there you go can you not 
Can you not get good bagels on Brixton? I, I, I have no idea. I never actually went to Brixton because it always um, had a bad rep, so... Yeah, English. I've never been out of the country, so I couldn't tell you. I'm pretty sure English muffins well, aren't English. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> also, in issue 14, we get a little inner, a uh, little uh, inter interlogue where Doctor Doom is uh, is Intra going baby? through the yeah whatever uh, where he he's he's looking for you know he's lamenting the fact that Reed Richards is no longer on Earth and he can't defeat him, and, and he discovers that Lunella has been identified as the world's smartest, which sends him into a rage, and he decides he needs to go and defeat her so to uh, restate his superiority. Now, it, the, the, the comic itself makes, you know, it, it comments on the fact that Dr. Doom has been reformed so this isn't this can't be the same dr doom this it has to be either a doom bot or or dr doom's son wearing his armor time will tell it's it's a mystery and one i'm quite excited I to find out i have a question wasn't there a doom bot recently popping up in another comic somewhere i just it was just something i just kind of read in passing on the internet and i'm just wondering if maybe this is a, the similar situation I haven't. Yes. I was gonna say I haven't read anything with a Doombot, but if Doc has, then I'll, I'll let him comment. <laughs> Man, it was a fantastic series written by um, Sim Humphreys um, called Avengers AI. Ah. No, uh, no, lasts... this was more recently. This was more recently, like within the last like month or two, there was an issue somewhere. Hmm. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but well, there was a really funny Doombot. A really funny Doombot who who co-starred in Avengers AI. He had the best dialogue, and I'd be all in favor of him making a return because he cracked me up. Well, if Sam Humphreys wrote it, then I'm going to have to read it because I love Sam Humphreys. So, yeah, that that you can you can pick. I think there's two trade paperbacks or one two trade paperback. It. Um, it's worth picking up. Great art um, by. Oh, Jose Lima. Oh, gosh. I never get the names right. I'm terrible. Oh, he did. Jose. <laughs> Alajo. I, I apologize to everyone for my terrible pronunciation of names. But it's a good writer, good artist, good story. Pick it up. He did. Hey. Uh, he's the same guy who did two, those two issues, the Spidey issues of um, All yes, New exactly. Yes, exactly. I know who you're him. talking about. Yeah, him. We did talk Andre about Lima Araujo, or however, there I can't pronounce go. the last name. It's, it's Andres, though. His name is Andres, I believe. Andre. We'll just call him Andre. Um, speaking of great art and cool story, Mosaic Number 3 also hit the stands recently. Yeah. I really like this issue. That was a good issue. I, I, liked, issue. I liked it, too. That We got a lot of insight to um, exactly how his life wasn't what he thought it was, huh? Mm. And it, I, I quite like that because it, yeah, it sort of reflects kind of, you know, when people are paranoid and they think, oh, they're talking about me behind their back. Well, in this situation, they really were talking about him behind his back and arranging an awful lot of stuff behind his back. And I, I thought it was a really, really funny, well, not fun, funny, uh, a fun insight into his life and how. I felt so bad for him. I'm yeah. sitting there going, dude, like your life was all set up and fake. And that's just like, I mean, we find out that um, 
the girl he was dating was actually paid off to date him and just be his eye candy. I mean, just like that, that's not something that's harsh. That's just harsh to realize. Like, that's just not cool. And then the fact yeah, that she was also, really bad. and then the fact that she was also seeing, um, uh, that other woman. Right. Uh, I forget her name. Sorry. I forget her name too. Her but, man uh, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just like she had absolutely and, no interest in Morris whatsoever. And it's kind of like it also, it also, it almost kind of sets up that whole anti-hero thing because even though it's not kind of, you know, like Magneto, he's see, he's seen the bad in the world and that sort of stuff. Well, Morris has kind of seen like the bad in his life. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of uh, he's come across and seen how everything is a everything is a sham, um, and the fact that he's actually living a lie and how he's now got to kind of reinvent himself almost or well, he already has done but well he's lost any motivation he might have had of trying to reestablish his old life yeah which i imagine will propel him to more embrace his new life as an inhuman but right. will it be as an anti-hero will it be as a villain will it be as a, a positive well, kind of spider uh, you know spider-man he showed yeah. up in Civil War too, and he was working with Adelan on it. So I have a feeling that she won't be completely bad. He doesn't seem like a completely bad person, but he's definitely a person that, if he sees the opportunity, he's going to take it, as we saw at the end of this issue. And he caught up to Spider-Man. So that's going to be a fun... Issue number four is going to be a good time. Yeah. I was gonna... it, the, the solicitations <laughs> for which suggest that he will be meeting the royal family as well. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah, Mosaic has been one of the um, the better, uh, one of the well, one of the better books that um, I've read in recent times. Really, um, it's definitely been a fun write, a fun read. Yeah, and the, the art Terry Randolph's been doing killer with the art. Yeah. So that that been... that final that final scene of him chasing Spider-Man and then eventually making contact and taking over Spider-Man's body. That is some of the best Spidey drawings I've seen in years. It was just fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Now he's occupied Spidey's body. Does that mean that he now knows Pete's identity? I mean, I think he does. Like, I mean, but does he keep all that stuff? Like, like he, he clearly, he keeps some of these, memories like he has now has this information on peter parker that if he wanted to if he was a total douche he could totally be like hey i know who peter parker is is yeah. spider-man and he could find ways to prove it i mean <laughs> if he really wanted to but, he could sell that information to the highest bidder yeah but as we see with the first kid he he possessed the information is it it flows bilaterally so mm. you know yeah. fife knew who Morris was is you know when he inhabits a body they actually take some of his memories as well. Right. It's fleeting, but um. But you know, also, it's, it's, so talked about that wasn't uh, he met the he met one of the guys that he'd possessed in in issue three didn't he? And was it that right the, the kid? Yeah, and the kid could see him, couldn't he? Yeah. 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 They could see him. Which is kind of like once it, he possesses a body, they're able to see his incorporeal form. So right, and he can't repossess them again. So he's got That's about, true. you know, 20, 20 people. Now he's only got another 6 billion, 999 million, 980 to go. Yeah, well, he won't be able to, uh, he won't be able to possess Spider-Man a second time, which 
um, which will be too bad, I suppose, because uh, I mean, Peter we Parker see Carrie Randolph, Randolph drawing Spidey. No, but there's like eight other Spider-Man. So, Spidey book, so. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah, the, the, the Mosaic book has definitely been a uh, one, one of the, the best books I think I've picked yeah. up of 2016 easily. Yeah, it's uh, it's. Cool. I think it's a little underrated, um, unfortunately. Yeah. But it's it's a good book, and it looks like we're kind of catching up to where he's at when we see him in Civil War Two. So I'm kind of interested to see what his next arc is going to be. If it's gonna, if they're jumping in time to after Civil War, or what's what's that's gonna be? Yeah, and well, he's it, gonna play a part in IVX. There's actually a cover that shows him taking over Magneto's body, which could be quite <laughs> exciting to see. That's, that's going to be amazing. Oh, yeah, they might not know about him yet. They're gonna ha- oh, he's going to have some fun with Magneto. So um, he, could, he could potentially single-handedly take out, you know, one of the, the, their biggest hitters. Yeah. <laughs> it's possible. Fingers um, oh, going be. from going from really good books to books that Actually, didn't turn out as well. Go, oh, go I on, I'm sorry. Mosaic, and I just want to kind of plug this. If you play the Marvel Sum Sum game uh, on your phone, I'm not kidding. He's one of the uh, characters you can get right now, and he is powerful as hell. So That's good. if you play that game and you listen to us, make sure you go ahead and get Mosaic because um, you will get lots of loot and rewards, and he'll just steamroll everything, apparently. Between him and Spider-Gwen, you're like, you have an unbeatable team. I might have to, so, play, I might have to play that. Yeah, so he's he's on there and he's really cool. But anyway, let's continue on. I just wanted to mention that. Speaking of Mosaic, because he's a badass anyway. Yeah. Do you want to get any other video game comments um, out there? He, that's the only <laughs> one I know right now. Um, I know Black Bolt. I think is coming to Future Fight. So Future. you're probably gonna want to pick up Future Fight. Um, and that's it. Avengers Academy doesn't have any. In humans yet, and those are the only games that I play at the moment. So, and I've I've been playing a lot okay. of Pokemon. So, um... <laughs> sorry, carry on. <laughs> uh, I played some Pictionary on New Year's Eve. <laughs> Kicked butt. <laughs> anyway, right, um, sorry. All I wanted uh, was that he played. A, he was in a video game. Anyway, Civil War Two wrapped up this last. Uh, week that's better yeah it um i thought that the the general theme of civil war was quite interesting and there were some really great parts to it the illustration was top oh my god that was beautiful david marquez is a beautiful artist oh my gosh i love his carol and i like his use of yes um i thought that the, the the main book itself kind of uh uh, suffered from delays and poor pacing, but it, it was okay. Um, the 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 tie-in series, specifically, yeah, and, and Uncanny Tie-in Humans and, and Miss Marvel were spectacular. I like the tie-in series in Power Man and Iron Fist, as well as in Miss uh, Captain Marvel and uh, Sam Wilson, Captain America, mm-hmm. Spider Woman. The main really book itself, Spider Woman Two. Yep, um, uh, but. It's finally over. Thank um, God. I'm sorry. I was yes. mostly... I mean, the tie-ins were pretty fantastic for a, for a lot of them. But the actual event itself, I thought... I just Dragged was on. so disappointed. I was so disappointed in it. I'm like, there was so much he could have done. 
that yeah. wasn't and- done. And I felt like he missed a lot of opportunities um, that he could have told that weren't told in the tie-ins. And I just felt very disappointed. And kind of how he kind of just made Ulysses, Ulysses kind of just go poof and disappear. <laughs> I, I was just like, oh, come on. Like, they could have done so much more with that, but didn't. Unfortunately, well, Civ- Civil War Two just has the same problem with all the, um, <clears throat> all the books that Bendis writes that has more than two characters and it kind of you do notice it quite a lot especially in the previous x-men runs um he had good ideas at the start tried to make them go somewhere and then they just fell flat on their head faces and and you just kind of get that uh, right at the end of the book and you just think i've just spent however much money on this uh, this series and it ended like that <clears throat> cool <laughs> I mean, I like, like, I just feel like it had a real, there were some really good points made in it, but I think it could have been executed a little bit better. Yes. Well, as a, as a card carrying member of the Carol Corps, <laughs> I felt that Miss, that Captain Marvel did not end up looking very good. And that was I don't think so me. either. And I felt like he started backpedaling halfway through it. I mean, there are some things that I thought were very Carol, because once Carol gets an idea into her head, she does stick with it. She does, she's definitely a woman of her word. But I think but Beast. I, feel... I think Beast kind of um, basically rubbed her face in it, though. Yeah, he did. <laughs> well, that and is, is, and that's okay. But what my 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 biggest problem was is she didn't really win. But they're saying, and, and I don't feel like like she got this reward that I don't know. I just feel like I and the, then that whole reward I, thing. It was, it was just bullshit. I don't know. Yeah. I love Carol, and and she's definitely screwed up from this. But and I'm looking forward to see what happens with her and her comic coming up by Margaret Stoll. But I'm just, I was just very disappointed in the overall theme of how it ended. Yeah. I think, I think as she, for she, the inhuman component, uh, Ulysses did indeed. Sorry. He was, <laughs> he evolved into one of the, uh, entities of the universe. I, maybe we'll I, see him again. Maybe we won't. Um, and I didn't like that. I got like, to know him. No, and I'm disappointed in that too because he seemed like a cool little hipster kid. And the tie-in that there was that uh, Civil War choosing sides where Jessica Jones like shows up and raids his bedroom, <laughs> and she's like, "Nobody's this normal." <laughs> and it was really funny. It was written by Chelsea Kane. Nice. So if you haven't read, um, I think it was Choosing Sides issue number six. It's a really, it's pretty damn funny, <laughs> and um. But, like, well, I, I think U- Ulysses was him. meant to be a cipher from the beginning. He was meant to have no real distinctive personality. He was kind of a blank slate. Yeah, I, would, I wanted to get to know him, and we didn't really... I mean, he had his own little comic series that I didn't finish, but yeah, that wasn't really that. about him either. I, would, I wanted to kind of see him... I don't but know. I, just I, want... I, I think... Actually, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with you on that one. The... A Civil War to Ulysses, uh, written by Al Ewing, which was mostly a Karnak comic, was yeah, exactly. hilarious, and I definitely recommend it. it. I need See, to finish uh, it, but it was more Karnak. It's worth finishing. It's more Karnak, and it's Karnak saying the most amazing things. I mean, it's uh, Ewing takes what Ellis established in the Karnak solo series 
and just goes hog wild. Um, <laughs> it's it's really and, worth checking and out. Get it's some um, creepy fucking inhumans out of it too. Let me tell you that lock dude freaked me out. Cool power, but he freaked yeah. me out. He just he and freaked you out more than tongue. Well, I, I I actually yeah. I don't know what it was. <laughs> just the way the hands would clasp together and the one finger. Oh, it's just so creepy. I just couldn't. I don't know. He freaked me out more than tongue did. Yeah. I think going back to the whole Ulysses thing though, they had a perfect um, kind of out for him, which was the Inhumans heading off into the um, into space, and yet Bendis decided to go. Oh, poof. He's gone. Yeah, he could have gone with the Royals. Yeah. No, oh, I don't want him the Royals. If the Royals were going to have another cast member, I'd much rather Iso or Naja as opposed to... Oh, Naja. Well, no, because he didn't have to actually feature in any book, but he could have just been a a character in which, you know, Medusa kind of, you know, takes him, puts him on the RIV or something, and then they say, well, you're just going to sit there for... A little while, but I suppose that no, because Carol wouldn't let that happen. If she had him, she would have had him on the Alpha Flight base in a heartbeat. Yeah. Carol is nine go powerful and swivel. No. We're gonna have to agree to disagree. I, <laughs> yep. I figured, I figured either Ulysses needed to die or he needed to transcend, and uh, I guess this is the happier of the two. Yeah, right. but I think, I think the other one would have done better. Here's a question, okay. though, because he transcends and we see eternity and he kind of melds with eternity, right? Yes. So, but over in Al Ewing's The Ultimates, Eternity's in Chains. So is that a different eternity or a piece of the eternity that's chained up? What What's going on there? That's what I want to know. I'm very confused. Well, uh, Continuity. Um, <laughs> Ultimate <laughs> yeah, right? Squared or Ultimates 2 occurs after Civil War. Right. Okay. So... He eternity welcomes Ulysses um, into the fold, and shortly thereafter gets all S M N S and M bonded by. No, he didn't. No, no, SMS, because he's already. He, no, MS. Was, oh god. Sorry. No. Oh, BDSM. And um, that's it. And he. Uh, that was that axiom. But anyway, he's the one. No, he was already. They already showed him in chains in the earlier issues of the Ultimate. So in Ultimate Squared, we already knew that going into Ultimate Squared. So we already knew that. Uh-huh. We already knew that before Civil War Two was happening. So. Well, he's I'm Eternity. Very... He can be in two places at one time, I suppose. I guess. I, don't I mean, know if anyone can, know. Eternity can. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's not really. Maybe we'll be seeing <laughs> Ulysses show up in Ultimate Squared. There's always there that go. chance. So, so we have not seen the last of him. I guess. I don't think. Last but not least, for, uh, for IVX. Our, yeah, IVX, which which issue one was pretty good. Oh, that was a gut Intense. punch. Yeah, it was, it was not great. fun for the not fun for Inhuman boosters, but a very good comic nonetheless. Mm. Right, but apparently, um, yeah, it wasn't a fan. So here's the thing: Magneto goes and attacks the RIV. Destroys and he captures Crystal. Right, he destroys it. So one, what happened to Hub? Is Hub dead? Like, where's Hub? I love Hub. What happened to him? Things aren't looking good for old Hubarius. No, they're not. <laughs> wow. And then, but like Crystal's like his practically his daughter-in-law, even though Quicksilver is not technically a son anymore, but still. And then Luna was on there. So, what about Luna? 
when Magneto destroys the RV, he he ensnares all the Inhumans in little tentacles of metal and whatnot. They're safe. They're not dead. Um, Which is actually very he's, he's, very good for Magneto. Let's put it that way. And he's being <laughs> nice about it, but he's destroyed the craft itself. I don't know if he's aware that the that the RIV was being powered by a, by a sentient being, and um, hopefully the matter will be addressed in subsequent issues. And hopefully, on top of that, Hub will somehow survive. But it's possible he won't. Hopefully, that would be very sad because Hub and Swain are buds. Hopefully, he's uploaded himself to Dropbox. <laughs> right. So, but, or he powers well, the ship that takes him into space. Royal. There Maybe we that's go. Yeah, that would be good. That, that would explain I, why Swain is a member of that team. It would oh, actually, true. but yeah. So that was my biggest concern coming out of IVX was Hub. Yeah, that was your biggest concern. Okay. See, I don't see, know. I was very concerned about Hub. I was like, no, what about Hub? The whole Carnage right, thing so, um, is is what impressed me. Yes, mm. I uh, thought that was pretty clever yeah. too. I thought that was an excellent scene. Wait, let's take a step back and just say what happened. I mean, uh, Emma Frost engenders a multi-pronged preemptive strike on the Inhumans. uh, uh, She and the Dazzler go and take out Black Bolt. Jean Jean Grey and the Midwitch Cuckoos uh, take out Karnak. Um, Magneto takes out the R.I.V. And the rest lay siege to New Adelan. With with Karnak, it's interesting because uh, Jean Grey just steps up to him and he's like, "What are you doing here?" And before they, you know it, he's actually been captured into some sort of psychic Psych- astral plane. Yeah, and they and just have to keep him guessing so that he can't find her flaw. And also the fact out. that the fact that they've been doing it for so some hours, and I think this was like the fourth run through. Um, yeah, and he kind of finds the floor, but it all—is it he finds the floor and then it all kind of resets? Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's well, it, it, sorry, it's on. detailed in in a concurrent issue of Uncanny uh, of Uncanny X Men. I believe it's Uncanny X Men fifteen or sixteen. Um, on my list of uh, to but read. it's it's all about what's going on there. They they transport um, Karnak to the world which is this weird um microcosm where sentinel are built and phantomax is the uh it's his home and he actually is he's using karnak's powers to destroy all of the um adversaries in the world so to gain control of it. It's, I, don't, I don't know, it's kind of hard to figure out, but um, it ties into it's, a plot oh. that Cullen Bunn has been has been percolating for a while in that story. It's a good issue. It's worth picking up. Yeah, I mean, Cullen Bunn, um, I have to say now, fantastic writer. Um, I've been following mm-hmm. him since the 2014 Magneto series. Um, right. And, and he's, he, yeah, it's great. Just, you know, comment on that one. But back to IVX. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Now, uh, Emma, her her takedown of of Black Bolt is is uh, pretty ingenious because um, she, she brings Dazzler in, and Dazzler's wearing a wig, so I guess so we Black can't Bolt tell it's her and a her. mask, so he can't see her. And a mask. And he uses his sonic uh, Black Bolt uses his sonic powers on her, which she then absorbs and redirects in laser form, just 
completely blasting him. And, uh, you know, he's, he's made vulnerable in that moment. And, uh, uh, Emma in her crystalline form, Kung Fu chops him or whatnot, knocks him out cold. Um, an inglorious takedown, but it is an inglorious takedown, but it kind of, kind of twists me a little bit the wrong way because over in a force Medusa and Dazzler, while they disagreed on a lot of things, they kind of had a bit of an understanding and, you know, we're getting along at the end of the series. So now to see Dazzler come in, at least to me as, as someone who had read A-Force, seeing Dazzler come in, and I, I had become quite a fan of Dazzler because of Kelly Thompson's A-Force, um, to see her come in and now just, I don't know, happily take these guys down, I don't know, it just seems very counter... I think it, I think it sort of goes back to... Desperate times, desperate measures. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it, it goes back to kind of the, what was it, IVX Zero, when... Um, Emma Frost was going around all the different various X-Men groups and kind of just saying, where do your loyalties lie? You know? Yeah. And I, I, I do, I kind of, I kind of get a bit miffed as to why you do like an, you know, like AVX was just a bit bad. And that's why, that's why I was kind of a bit dubious going into IVX because it just does a civil war and AVX and that sort of stuff just didn't go all the way. And I'm hoping that IVX does. So, oh, it I seems think, to be the I case. Think it will. So with, far, so with, good. Yeah, with Lamai, and well, judging by the preview of the next yeah. issue. Yeah, let's speak about that. The preview yes. of the next interview, of the next issue, looks amazing. Yeah. Um, so this is yeah. basically Medusa New Adeline getting prepared. Um, Which is, uh, just to say, it's out in shops next Wednesday. Yeah. Um, so uh-huh. the... I think the the uh, the uh, preview I've got up says next Wednesday, which is the day the that 11. this will be released. So, looking which yeah. is good. forward to it. Yeah, everyone, yeah. press pause on this recording. Go out and get that issue because it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, it is. Um, it's going to be good, and I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Um, we see her preparing. She's sending Iso away to go get Crystal, and I think uh, Gorgon. Um, try and and try no. and get them. Isn't she? That's what I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. She sends them off and that she's not going to be able to find them. And I think it's going to result in ISO recruiting all of the disparate Inhumans around. Miss Marvel, Synapse, uh, Quake, uh, Moon Girl. And they are going to be this new force that comes to save the Royals. I I think think so, too. Although I would be very interested to see if, if Synapse does that because Rogue chose not to get involved, didn't she? So to have her teammate on the Uncanny Avengers get involved, that'll be interesting. Well, she, she, she voted not to get involved, but she may be involved nonetheless. Yeah. And how, how they managed to make Synapse decide to, to join the Inhumans cause will be an interesting turn of events. But it, according to the cover art, at least, it certainly looks as though she is, uh, she's on the team. Yeah. Well, the next so issue is going to be intense. Yeah, it's going to be neat. Well, um, it looks like too. If you look at the preview, the cover art for the and the the solicitations for March, Moon Girl's going to be an X Men, or it looks like and, it. Uh, she's going to so team up with the X Men. Yeah. She, really? She, it's part really? of. The, it's part. No, no, no. It's 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 part of the world's smartest story arc. I mean, she's met with the thing she's going to meet with riri williams the new iron man and then she's going to meet with the extraordinary x-men it's all just it's just part of her 
Joker story. Okay. She's not going to be an X-Men. Well, I don't um, know about that. We'll see. The X-Men don't have non-mutants on their team. They're exclusionary. <laughs> oh, well, isn't that interesting? Um, <laughs> not always. They had Longshot. He was... Uh, they had Carol for a while, too, didn't they? Uh, sort of. <laughs> I'll take oh, it another, that... another, Sorry, another tidbit is the, the, the um, solicitation art for next this upcoming week's issue of Uncanny X-Men... Um, it's a story that involves uh, Monet, who has been oh. infected with some sort of vampirism, and it looks quite like she has um, killed a bunch killed, of humans. Feasted upon humans, one of which appears to be that kid Downer, who was introduced in Death of X. Oh, um, isn't that interesting? Which is too bad because uh, uh, it seemed that a lot of readers took a shine to him and. Uh, uh, he had some potential, but looks like he might be not dead. there anymore. Yeah, not there anymore. He was he was Monet's lunch. Um, didn't Monet get? Um, didn't Monet get sort of like she like sort of consumed her brother or something weird? Oh no, she needs to like team up with J- Jubilee or something. They can have a vampire X Men club. It's yeah, it's her <laughs> brother. Sorry. He's, sort of, he's a, a he's a power vampire he's got teeth in his hands and i think yes yeah, she absorbed him and yeah. now has his person and it's, weird. it's hard to figure yeah. i don't know but ivx is they are they're not pulling any punches it seems like so it's going to be a it's going to be a wild ride and I'm, I'm looking forward to finally getting the inhumans point of view because the uh gloating from certain fan base section of the fan base has has gotten me a little riled up um because we never really were happy to see the mutants dying and uh they're kind of yeah. about humans dying, and that just kind of—that's a little—that's hurtful, guys. Come on. Yeah, come on. I mean, <laughs> what what have the Inhumans ever done to you? Well, not <laughs> well. It's not that. It's not that. It's the freaking fact that we just like who we like. Yeah. And we're kind of defending why we like them, and they're telling us we shouldn't like them, and trying to make us feel bad about it. And now they sit there and they have their noses are hey and humans are dying. Now you know how we feel. And I'm like, it's not, it's not, it's has, not the not, same. Has, it's not the same. Been that way. It's never been that way. The, we, I mean, don't know. And the irony is, the only person I think that has actually been sort of actively killing in humans is Magneto. So, you know, you kind of look at it and you think, well, that's just his his way. That's just what he does. You know, but. Either way, I mean, it's uh, it's. I'm still uh, looking forward to the event and how it plays out because it's just good, exciting reading. So yes. it's, it's it's good reading. It doesn't make for for a fun time on the comic book message forums, but you know whatever. Or Facebook, if you're on any groups on Facebook. There you go. Yeah, that's true. Although, sorry, but, uh, we'll, we'll, let's switch gears. Oh well, I was just about to say, I was just going to comment. IVX uh, being written by basically my two mm-hmm. favorite writers at Marvel, uh, Charles yeah. Soule and uh, Jeff Lemire. Jeff no, it's 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 going to be a, probably one of um, Marvel's better events in the last yeah. couple of years. I think I think yeah. that one's it's going to be go down as a as a must read for anyone who likes Marvel because yeah. it's just going to be that so. good. It sounds yeah. good to me. I, I hope they keep the steam rolling because they started off with a bang, and I just hope it keeps going that way because it's just been that first issue was so good. Mm. I can't wait for the rest of it. Mm. And it's those a, of you out there who are Jeff Lamar fan left. Jeff Lemire fans, I 
I strongly recommend Moon Knight. One of the best comics on the stands right now. I keep being recommended that one, actually. Just to say. Oh my god, it's so good. I need to get it. But anyway, so. on, on to something slightly different, I, th- I feel. so. Oh, and yeah. what would that be? Uh, so, by right of birth. Ah, uh, yes. We've been asked about that by several of our listeners, so we should talk about that, shouldn't we? Yeah. So, uh, so I've only just read it actually, which um, probably, probably, probably isn't great, but you know. Actually, it probably is great because it's still fresh in your head, and yeah, I true. cannot find my copy to actually read it. Um, it's still buried somewhere, and it's not on Marvel Unlimited. For shame, Marvel! I'm sad at you. Um, yes. But, well, uh, it, 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 by right of birth was a Marvel graphic novel um, written by Anne Nocente um, and Lou Mulgan with illustration by Brett Blevin, Richard Howell, Al Williamson, and Vince Coletti. Um, it was originally published back in 1988, but was reissued in 2013. Um, and it was the first Inhumans comic I ever read. Um and it was the one that really hooked hooked me for life. Um, it's a wild, wild read. Mm, it is. Yeah, this this issue. Um, I remember my first read through of it, and I'm I'm reading it, and you know I'm going okay, and then I had to stop at several points and go, what the fuck is happening? And I'd have to go <laughs> back and reread it to make sure that I was I was seeing it correctly. Um, and uh, <laughs> It, it, it really is a, a trippy book, but it's so much fun. Yeah. And we also get one of my favorite pieces of art ever with that scene of Crystal just, like, clearing the air. Yeah. And I just... Oh, yeah. That's beautiful. That's just... Yeah. It is. It is absolutely... The art in this book is absolutely amazing. But, um, so, yeah, say- it's it's a wild ride. Like, you don't want to be, like, stoned or drunk not that i advocate that <laughs> while you read this book because <laughs> I, it's 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 very trippy and i love it it's just so good i, I have to say or conversely you could get drunk or stoned and enjoy it all the more we are a pg podcast so we do not advocate any of that I don't um, think we're PG. Serena's dropped a number of f bombs. <laughs> I think we oh, might be great. Oh god! Okay. Right? Uh, I might have to change that then. But um, no, I was just going to um, say that the, um, the book is still in print. You can find it at most comic book stores, and it's yeah. still available on Amazon.com. We'll put up a link on the website where you can um, uh, find it to order, and I'll also put up a, a, a detailed review so that um, uh, whatever we miss in talking about it, you can catch up on. Yeah, but um, there, there was something I was going to mention earlier, and it's basically if you want, if you've only got into the Inhuman since uh, Uncanny Inhumans came out twenty fifteen, um, I'd say that by right of birth just shows the difference in kind of uh, their civilization and their you know their ways yeah. and that sort of stuff. It shows a massive jump between then and now. Well, yeah, what their culture was like before Adeline crashed into the Hudson. Yeah, pretty much, and um, yeah, it's the characters themselves are quite different too. Yeah, yeah they are. I, I'd say so, but I think that um, that's probably more due to the fact that this was, you know, nearly what thirty, thirty odd years ago. Is it that? Yeah, yeah. twenty nine. Twenty nine. Okay, <laughs> not quite as old as no, I'm thinking. Not that. 
Yeah. Yeah, 29. 1988 it came out, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, 29. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah. Well, the whole story is about how, uh, about Medusa discovering that she's pregnant with Black Bolt's uh, child. And at first, it's, you know, it's a great, it's a source of great celebration. But the genetic council, who pretty much run the show on Adelan, who they're in charge of, of arranged marriages and eugenics and who does and does not get to go through pterogenesis. They are like, or no, reproduce. this this cannot be allowed to pass. They decide that uh, uh, the child of Black Bolt with his destructive powers, coupled with the fact that his brother is clinically insane, that it would be far too dangerous for Black Bolt to sire a child and that the pregnancy must be terminated. Um, Medusa just cannot abide by this, so she flees to Earth, uh, accompanied by Crystal and Gorgon and Karnak and uh, Triton, 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 who, yep, and 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 Minxie as well, and um, Minxie, yeah, Minxie, right, a new a new Inhuman who introduced named Minxie, who is uh, who is Medusa's uh, doula, um, and um, they have a wild adventure on Earth that. I don't even know how to start to explain it. Yeah, um, it's it's yeah, it is you, wild. Have to, you have to read the book for that bit anyway. <laughs> well, well, what happens is that, you know, Earth at the time it's it's pollution levels make is it makes it it's it's in in, in uninhabitable for humans. Oh, so. is it? Isn't that funny? Yes. But you know, <laughs> yeah. instead of like going to war with the humans and nuking them off the planet. <laughs> sorry. Well, what Calm. what Chris <laughs> <laughs> what crystals decides to do is use her elemental powers to clean the environment she she purifies the soul the soil she she cleans the air she she does all this stuff and for some reason this creates this backlash where mother nature fights back and it uh, somehow this act has a monster the creation of a monster that uh, that attacks them and it's um yeah that, that bit is where it gets tripped nutty yeah that's that's where you got to go wait what and it, it right. starts go- getting really wild from here and it's a lot of fun yeah it's a lot of fun and uh brett brett blevins art is spectacular throughout yeah. um especially when it comes time for the more outre um wild monster scene I mean, I love the way he draws characters. Everyone has kind of a an elfin look, and uh, he really excels at drawing Maximus with all of his <laughs> yeah. torted facial features and whatnot. Um, and um, well, it, it you'll become a fan of Maximus entire... reading this too. By the way, sorry to interrupt you, Doc, but you'll become a fan of Maximus. Yeah, he reading. he he definitely lives up to his name. Put it that way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He has a little adventure of his own, put it that way. Uh, um, and um, uh, throughout this whole melee, um, the baby um, Ahura is born, and he uses his nascent psychic powers to destroy this monster. And they make um, Ahura creepy as anything. <laughs> like, I have never met such a creepy child in my life, and Ahura is creepy is anything? Is it kind of like Go those ahead. kids that the, that that uh, that the you know when the there's a film a horror film we have like 
Village sets of the Damned. That's it, Village of the Damned. Is it kind of like that? Because that creeps Except me out. as a baby, yeah. And just seeing <laughs> a baby so like do what he does, and it's just yeah, it's, oh, it's great. It's less, it's less Village of the Damned, more Train Spotting. <laughs> Heroin. <laughs> uh, it's uh, yeah. So the so the. The, the baby is born, the Ahura is born with his powers already in bloom, and these powers are significant. Um, and just when you feel like you're going to have a happy ending, they all return to Adelan, and uh, the genetic council says, no, we have to study this child, make sure that he's safe. And Black Bolt and Medusa, they've reconciled, but they're sort of just left silently waiting uh, unsure of what the future will bring and uh it's kind of sad um but it's also beautiful yeah um the whole thing plays out like some mad shakespearean fever dream the dialogue is all just hysterical melodrama and hyperbole the themes are presented with the subtlety of a sledgehammer and the narrative takes itself incredibly seriously it's crazy (laughs) it's crazy it's crazy and i loved Every single page of it. Well, then you have, like, Maximus, he's trying to, like, gaslight Medusa. And he, like, screws with her head, like, big time. And then Medusa's all, like, later in the book, she's all confused. And honestly, you feel a lot like Medusa does as you're reading it. You're like... What's real? Right? You're like, wait a minute, I'm... And and it's just, it's so good. Yeah, you just see see Maximus turn up and you're like, what? (laughs) Hang on, <laughs> read back a page. No, that no wait. Hang on. <laughs> it's like you said right. earlier, Sarah. And it's kind of you. You do kind of have to do that almost I, backwards. I, I, I did because I'm sitting there going, "Wait a minute, did I miss something?" And I don't know if I think part of it is the dialogue because it's it's it is so Shakespearean yeah. and melodramatic, and I and I think that's part of it. But then you know you kind of have two plots. You've got the plot of them trying to fight off this elemental monster that crystal inadvertently created and then you've got maximus with his own agenda and and screwing with medusa's mind and you know he tries to get with her and then she rejects him and then he like gaslights her and and then they somehow i don't i don't even remember all of it but it's (laughs) it's just yeah, it's no, fun. And there's so also much. a lot of there's a lot of sub themes in it as well, like um, the whole yeah. eugenics thing, uh, and, and how voice of you know who and who can't have kids. Yeah, I I think that's that's interesting. And um, there was an interesting moment between uh, Crystal and Quicksilver in there because Crystal had just had her kid. Yeah, and um, Quicksilver is like going on about how he kind of like agrees with the camp council and, and Crystal's like, are you serious? We just had a kid and we had the same issue. So yeah, I, it, I think I mean, it's really interesting. I think, um, you know, on the subject of Blackbot in particular, you can, it's difficult. Cause if I say you can see where they're coming from, that would, I, I don't want to say, Oh, I support eugenics, but I absolutely don't. Um, but it's no. kind of, it's, it's from that point of view. Okay. You can kind of see vaguely where they're coming from, but, you know, um, right, and it's it's kind well, of yeah. It's... I think it's important to keep in mind the when this book was written, yes. because at yeah. the time the uh, here in the states, the Supreme Court was um, was uh, adjudicating um, Planned Parenthood versus Casey, and um, their 
their final decision actually uprooted a lot of the important the important facets uh, pertaining to Roe versus Wade, and the country was once again embroiled in a national a national debate over abortion, right to life, and a woman's right to choose. And um, I think this story really uh, hones in on that. Um, now, my interpretation is that this book is actually a very pro-choice story. Yeah, I mean, definitely. it turns the matter that's, a bit on its head. It does. Because, I got that yeah. impression as well. Yeah. I mean, it, it turns the matter on the head because the villains are advocating for the pregnancy to be aborted and the hero is fighting for the rights of her unborn child. But the important thing here is that at its heart, pro-choice is about a woman's right to choose, which is in which is a bilateral thing. She mm. can choose to abort her baby or she can choose to take her baby to term. And Medusa has to fight for that choice. She has to fight for her own right and her, her family comes to her side and helps her fight as well. Exactly. Um, well, the, the really majority of her family done. anyway. So. Well, Black, Black Bolt, well, she just he, he no, spends I, I, most of the time meditating. You know? Yeah, no, I meant more um, Gorgon in particular and Minxie. They sort of left her side for a little bit, and then they did come back eventually. But it was just—it was one of those things where you think, "Really, are you actually gonna do that?" Well, they just went off to have. No- they went off to make Petrus. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and poor Karnak—he was so heartbroken because he <laughs> loved yeah. Mixie. This is actually the, the one of the. Like to me. What's that? That seemed like so unkarnak like to me that he he loved Mixie so Mixie so much. I just didn't seem very. Oh, Karnak! In, you know, prior to the Ellis version of Karnak, he was always an unreal. He was a a thirsty lad all the time. He was after. <laughs> oh. he, he's hey, always I been after really girls. I think... that. Well, actually, even in the Ellis run, he was hitting on that chick. So. That's yeah. True. Yeah. So he, he always strikes out though. <laughs> oh, I well, there you go. But the the other thing um, is... in in uh, by right of birth is the whole climate change and global warming yes. and that sort of stuff kind of theme to it because mm-hmm. it, everything that happened in it, uh, crystal kind of cleansing the earth and that sort of stuff, is all caused by the the fact that climate change affects the inhumans and their you know it kills them essentially. Um, well, the pollution kills them because yeah. they live in a they can control their environment on Adelan. Yeah, but obviously in when they come to Earth, they can't, and that's that's obviously what leads into the whole elemental thing. Um, the reason, the fact yeah. that Crystal cleansed the, you know, the, the area around them. What was it, 30 miles? Something, something ridiculous, yeah, quite a big area. Yeah, she's insanely powerful. Yeah. Crystal's insanely powerful. They just don't show that But right you're now. correct. I mean, the uh, 1980s was yeah. when a whole ozone layer being deteriorated was 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 discovered really right? entering into the national the uh, worldly zeitgeist and it was a big deal and yeah it was. i think and the story touches on that quite a lot i think the, the the funny thing is is it's uh you know history's coming back around again and it's all kind of coming up again now it's a very big thing at the moment you know the whole um being able to uh you know the right to life right to choose um, right but not only that with kind of stuff like um, like, didn't they? Didn't they? Haven't they figured out a new way of determining whether a child would be born with Down syndrome or not? And yes, and giving the woman yes. the right to choose at that point, and essentially, 
they've kind of come out and said, well, this could be the end of Down syndrome. And you think, well, but that, that's not necessarily a good thing at all. Right. Really. Well, it's, a slip, yeah. it's a slippery slope. Yeah, it is. exactly. Once you say, let's get rid of Down syndrome, you say, okay, well, let's also get rid of anxiety disorders and depression and yeah. autism and all and the that, things that, that may be very important to making us human. We are. Hmm. Right. And, you know, whilst that's a... It's quite. A, this has been quite a heavy topic, really. Um, it is quite, a heavy topic, but it's it's one that's like. kind of it is, and it's one that's relevant to even right now. It's one that I think that'll always be relevant, despite the wild ride that it is. There's definitely um, several morals to that story that um, could could be, you know, that definitely makes it worth reading and gets you thinking for sure. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Even though it was written near 30 years ago, by right of birth remains a very prescient tale worth reading again i mean you don't um, i mean I, I was talking to a friend about it earlier actually I, I was talking about the theme in it and i said to him you don't have to be an inhumans fan to actually appreciate this book because it's um it's very sort of 18th century kind of that kind of opinion on things um of, of yes. obviously excluding the climate change kind of stuff but it's a very 18th century way of thinking and uh and you don't have to be a marvel fan to appreciate that so, and the story that it's trying to tell you certainly that's a story for, that anyone yeah would exactly be good you, could, you could replace the the main characters with any other character and it would be a very similar hard-hitting kind of story so, but i think yeah. the humans pull it off the best out of anyone that could <laughs> yeah i think they have the the ability to actually do it be- uh, more you know, better justice obviously at the, at the same time, it's impossible for me to really look at this story without the rose-tinted hue of my youthful memories. I mean, again, this was the first Inhuman book that I had come across. I was about it was to probably the second one I read, and I loved it. Yeah. I was entranced from the get-go. I mean, for me, it was like Star Wars and X-Men and Frank Herbert's Dune and The Lion and the Witch and the Wardrobe all rolled into one with crazy illustrations and wild ideas. My mind was blown i was i was a humans fan forever after that yeah i think it's just reaffirmed my you know fanaticism i suppose is the word i suppose for the inhumans and it's yeah it's it's definitely a great read i highly recommend it absolutely i it's a must read for any really marvel fan but any inhuman fan definitely need to pick this one up yeah absolutely and and once again i will i will attach a link uh on the website to anyone who wants to order a copy, uh, um, I think through Amazon. It's currently not available on Comic Comicsology or yeah. the Marvel platform, which is a big bummer. Yeah, well, it's not on yeah. Marvel Unlimited either, which is unfortunate. I was going to say if it's not on Comicsology, because Comicsology kind of oversee all the digital um, platforms for both Marvel and DC. So. But it's worth reading in hardcover, in a softcover. Ver- the, actually, the re-release um, has a couple of um, additional tales, yeah, uh, which are fun. The one better than the other. There's, there's a really neat um, Quicksilver story in the back, uh, reprinted from an old issue of Marvel Fanfare. Um, that's a pretty cool story. I haven't Good quite read know. that one yet. <laughs> <laughs> so if you um and also um speaking of reviews we'll be putting up um, a link and we'll be putting up probably a review of um by right of birth for any details we might have missed 
Um, also Moon Girl and Double Dinosaur and IVX and Uncanny 16 and 17 both have reviews up on our website, which is adelanrising.com. And once again, guys, we love hearing from you. So either leave a comment um, on our website or you can email us at the show at adelanrising.com. Please email us. Um, we love to hear from you. Also Twitter. Yeah, and lot. Oh, yes. Which is uh, at atalanrising1. Yeah. Is that right? That's right. While while um, Marvel continues to publish free digital codes, we will have plenty of codes to give away. Um, so yeah, that change has write us. Oh boy, yeah. Um, yeah, I thought I had one, but um, I can't remember where I've put it. So that'll be next <laughs> issue, next episode. <laughs> yep, next episode we'll probably have a IVX two for you guys ready to talk about. Um, I'm not oh, sure. So much to talk about. Oh, we've got Monsters Unleashed coming up too. If there are any backstories, Realm of Kings, War of Kings, Secret Invasion, and Humans that you would like us to review the same way that we reviewed by right of birth, please let us know. It's fun yeah. to do that. Yeah, because we, we will we, happily talk about it. It's nice to do something a little bit different At from uh, the norm. So. <laughs> yeah, so thank you for listening. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yep, thanks for listening. Have a great, sh- um, great time, and until next time.